Would you please turn in your Bibles this morning to 2 Kings chapter 13. 2 Kings chapter 13. In 2 Kings 13, we read about Elisha leaving this world. And we've looked at that a little bit and about his journey from this earth. But as we see, as he's getting ready to leave this earth, one of the last things that he does is he makes an influence on the next generation. In 2 Kings chapter 13, verses 15 and 19, it says, And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it, and Elisha put his hand on the king's hand. And he said, open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of the deliverance from Syria. You must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. Then he said, take the arrows. So he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck three times. And he stopped. The man of God was angry with him. And said, you have struck, should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you would have destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. Let's pray this morning. Lord and Heavenly Father, I pray that um, you might just be with us as we open your word, as we try to learn from it. And Lord, I just pray that you'll help us to influence the next generation. Lord, with whatever time you have given us left on this earth that you will help us to influence people for your kingdom and, Lord, to make a difference in, in your world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In this story, um, as the king has come to see Elisha, I, I've heard it said that often young men don't say a lot of words. They sit there and they keep quiet and they don't open their mouth very much. But then they hit the age of 65 and they retire and they're not afraid of what anybody's going to say against them, so they just let everything come out, and they give their opinion all the time. That's okay. They've experienced a lot, and sometimes I know that, that what comes out of their mouth um, might drive you crazy, but there's some wisdom behind those words. And it's good to hear those things. And Elisha, as he's nearing the end of his life, the king has come to see him pass from this life into the next. And the last thing that he does is, is influence this king. Love it as he has those arrows and he says, this is the arrows of the Lord's deliverance. Strike the ground with them. And the king strikes the ground one, two, three times. What's it say there? Elisha gets angry with him and says, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then God would have given you more deliverance. He would have given you the opportunity to defeat your enemies. Why didn't you do it five or six times? And I could just, just see this old man at the end of his life, this man who has served God so faithfully. He's just going to let the king, not that Elisha, as we have read, as we have seen, he was a never a man who was impressed by people of popularity or people who have, who have uh, done things that are worldly appealing. I think I was thinking about that, influencing the next generation. 
Um, I just like to thank the church so much for your love and your support and seeing us off to to go on vacation down to the ark and to see that in the creation museum. We had a wonderful time. And I know it took a lot of people back here to help fill in the gaps. And, and I just can't say thank you enough. But I'm so glad I went. Um, it's been a big thing in my family to make sure that we are honest with our children. And we are very careful to tell them the truth of things and to be grounded in reality. I believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth and that he died on the cross for our sins. And when I pick up this book and when I read the stories of guys like Elisha and Noah, I believe they're real. And so when I, when I was young and we were, me and Michelle were talking about things and we were talking about, about Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and stuff, I said, I said, I don't want to start my kids off when they're young telling them a lie. I want to be real with them. I want to know we celebrate Christmas because Jesus came to this earth. I want them to know that we celebrate Resurrection Day because Jesus rose from the dead. And those things are real. I don't want there to be any lie involved in those things. And then I'm just so pleased that when we were able to go on vacation, we were able to go to the Creation Museum and see the truth. And we're going to to arc and show show our children reality. I was so glad today, a couple times I heard some people say to my son, what was your favorite thing about the trip? And he said, seeing the ark, you know, I I couldn't take that back. I would never take that back. Because in my mind, what I read in the book and what I believe and why I come to church on Sunday is because the words of this book are real. And when I go and I see a thing like that, uh, if you haven't been, And you get the opportunity. You are able to travel that far. If you have the choice between someplace and the ark, choose the ark. Please. Because when you walk into it, I was so glad we got there early. And we got on a half full uh, trolley and we headed down to the ark. And when we walked in, there was only this mom and her son there. And then it was our family. And so we got the place for like the first hour. We got a place like all to ourselves. And it was just like. I cannot believe how enormous this thing is. How many of you guys have been to the ark? Wouldn't you agree with me? It's worth the trip. And, and those of you who haven't, go. Because you could take you could take your children to some other place based on fantasy and continue to perpetrate the lie. Or you could tell them, take them to a place that tells them the truth. And influence them for eternity. Which would you rather do? Me? It doesn't even seem like a question. The truth is what's important. Now I'm not saying anything. You know, I'm not saying you're wrong if you if you take your children to the beach or to a zoo or something else like that. I'm just saying it is worth it to take your children to some place where they'll learn about. And experience the truth. Because the truth is important. And if you believe this book, you believe that that there absolutely was a Jesus Christ who died on the cross and three days later he rose from the dead. If you believe this book, you believe that there was a worldwide flood that changed everything. And for 40 days, God rearranged this earth. And, And 
it's funny. You go there and you can see the evidence that explains it all. And you can hear, well, millions of years, and they'll say, no, we'll prove it to you that these things did not take million years. And here's evidence that contradicts that. It's right there in front of you. And it's worth it. And you can spend days learning the truth. I feel that's influencing the next generation. If you're looking at something to do with your grandchildren or your children, take them to the ark. Take them to the ark. Anyways, that's done. <laughs> stir, stir people up for good works. You know where that happens? That happens in the walls of the church. People need to be in church. I know that you could sit at home and, and you can listen to good preachers online. And you can hear the word of God on the radio or on television. And those ministries are important because there are times, like right now, I'm sure that this week I'll hear somebody who said, I listened to you on the internet this week because I wasn't able to come out to church. I hear that just about every week. And I'm glad that there's that opportunity. And there will be times. I'm, I'm looking around the church and I see people that are loved to be here and we're happy that are here. But for a month or two, they were not able to be. And yeah, there's times for that. But your children, your grandchildren need to be in church because how they are influenced for the next generation happens in the walls of the church. Let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. In Hebrews chapter 10. Verses 24 and 25, we read these words. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. It is very, very important that we make sure that we are meeting with a body of believers. And I also think that it's important, church, we understand that the church is bigger than these walls, and it's more important than this building. It's the family of believers who meet and fellowship together and live their lives together. It's important when we know that there are people who can't make it out to church on Sunday, and we know who those people are, that we involve ourselves in their lives. I'm so thankful when I'll talk to someone who isn't able to make it out to church and they'll say, this person called me, this person came to visit me. And that is very, very, very important. And we still today, we have people that aren't able uh, to make it out to church. And it's important that maybe we make sure that the church makes it to them. And as we want to influence the next generation, we need to get them into church. When we have Awanas this, this fall, Get kids out to Awanas. Make sure that they're here. Make sure that they're growing up, hearing the message of the gospel. As we read through this story, Elisha encourages the king that he can be victorious over God's enemies. People face a bad world out there, a world full of sin and temptation. The devil wants to destroy their lives. He wants to to ruin the lives that they would live. But Elisha wanted to make sure that the king knew that even as he was being removed from this world, the fight would go on. 
as so many times we hear when we lose a dear saint in, in the Lord, how much of a prayer warrior of the, of the Lord they were, how they spoke for the name of Jesus Christ. Just because someone has passed on into glory, we need to know that the message of the church will continue on. We need to trust that. Jesus Christ has promised that his message will go forward, that his church will go, and the gates of hell cannot stand against it. If we're going to find victory, it's going to be through the church. That's what Jesus Christ has, has made his body of believers to do in this world today, to have victory over sin and death and hell. We are to spread the message of the truth of Jesus Christ. It's important. We just read from John chapter 16 just a couple of minutes ago. And the reason I put that and we've looked at that is because Jesus did the same thing for us. As he was coming to the end of his life, he used those last few final hours to influence those who would come after him, to influence the 12 apostles that would go on to change the world, to influence the people who would be sitting in the pews today. And there's a passage of scripture that we've read a number of times. It's our verse of the month. We read it in response to scripture reading. I also had it be the, the sword drill this morning. Because I want you to hear it a lot. Jesus Christ, as he was leaving this world, he had messages for the disciples. He had messages for the church. He had messages for you and for me. And in John chapter 16, he wanted to leave an influence on this world. He said in verse 31, it says, Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has now come. That you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things have I spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Just like Elisha was telling the king, there's going to be a battle with the Syrians. But God can provide deliverance. So Jesus Christ today says, says there is going to be a battle, but God can provide deliverance. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus Christ won the victory when he died on the cross. And so as we fight the enemy today, we need to know that Jesus Christ influenced us and prepared us for the battle that's ahead of us. And what I did here today is I, I put chose two groups of threes. Three things that God gave us to battle the enemy as we live in the church today. Three things that he left us to influence the world around us. And three things that can keep us out of the battle. Three things that can keep us from fighting against the enemy. And usually is what happens with Communion Sunday. I have a plan for the day and usually I run out of time because... Usually I look up there and I see I got 40 minutes, but I use it on Communion Sunday. When I get up here, I see I get 22 minutes. So we will be looking at those in the next couple of weeks. But I'd like to continue going here just a little bit. Elisha admonishes the king to keep the battle going. Just because I'm leaving, you need to keep going. And it's important for every one of us here to know that your faith is not dependent upon somebody else. 
Your faith is dependent upon your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And even if God takes Elisha out of your life, your relationship with Jesus Christ in the battle doesn't end. And even if someone who's meant a lot to you has been removed from this world, the battle still continues and you're not home yet and God still has something for you to do. So as you sit here today and as you hear these words, you need to think about those who have gone before you and you need to be admonished to keep the fight going. There's a, there's a verse that I'm going to look at when we look at the life that, that Elisha lived, when we look at the way he influences the people who come behind him. And it's a verse that we're going to look at when we talk about the fact that Elisha even made a difference after he had passed into glory in that 2 Timothy chapter 4. We need goals in this life. Goals are very, very, very important for us. They keep us motivated. They keep us going. In school, I try to give students goals that they can attain. And I understand that for some kids, that goal is different. And goals are important. For us as Christians, the first and foremost goal is that near the end of our life, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 to 8, should be a goal that we should desire to attain. And I think that's what Elisha was trying to pass on to the next generation. In verse 6 it says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not only to me, but only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. I, I, I'm so glad. I love that we sang three. We sang two songs and Darlene played another one this morning that I absolutely love. One of them is the love of God. And the love of God fits into what I want to talk about next week. And it's very, very important. The one that we heard in the, in the offertory was, I'd rather have Jesus than anything. And then we sang, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. As we influence the next generation. And as I say to you this morning, what are you living for? And what do you pass on to the next generation? A football coach or a, or a basketball coach or gymnastics coach would tell you the pri- there's a prize that can be won. You could be the champion, the MVP. Well, guess what? Very, very few people get those awards. Maybe school was a big thing and a teacher could push you on. You could be the valedictorian of your class. Very, very few people will ever be the valedictorian of a class or win the MVP of the Super Bowl or whatever it is you would desire to attain. One of the things that we see from this verse is that there's a crown of righteousness at the end of life that is available and it's available for everyone. It says, and not only to me, 
but also to all who have loved his appearing. Strive to fight the good fight and love his appearing. Live every day as if today could be the day that Jesus Christ could call you home and you look forward to that. Wouldn't it be awesome? I would trade every award for being able to enter glory and Jesus Christ say, here's the crown of righteousness that you can throw at Jesus' feet and this reward will be eternal and it will last and it's real. I started this morning talking about reality. Going to visit the ark is worth it because it tells a real story. Celebrating Christmas as Jesus' birthday is important because it's a real story. Celebrating Resurrection Day as the death, burial, and resurrection is important because it's a real story. You get to the end of your life and you pass into glory. Reg, he loved Jesus. Mary Jane and I talked about that. He loved Jesus Christ. This morning, this week, on Tuesday, he fell asleep here on this earth and he went to home to heaven and said, Jesus Christ said, well done, a good and faithful servant. He made it. And it's a real story. And it's the same for you and me. That's the thing that we need to pass on to the next generation. The last thing I'd like to leave us with today, it's right before I get into those three arrows, those three blows that we can fight against the devil. And then the three things that the devil is going to try to keep us from fighting against him. The last thing is, like us look at Proverbs chapter 21 this morning. Proverbs chapter 21. In Proverbs chapter 21, verses 30 and 31. It says, there is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. Have you been fighting battles this week, this month, this year? Battles that seem impossible for you to do anything against. You could prepare, you can plan for the battles that lie ahead. You could save for disaster in your home. You could prepare your house for a hurricane. But when it comes down to it, the real insurance, the thing that you need in this world more than anything is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You, could, you could spend money on having an insurance plan. But in the, the real heat of things, when the fire comes, what you need is Jesus Christ. Because an insurance adjuster will let you down in a hurry. But the Lord never will. Your bank account can fall apart, but the Lord never will. Your house can crumble, but the battle belongs to the Lord. Trust him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you 
that as the battles and trials of this life come, our trust and our strength is in you. The victory comes from the Lord. And Lord, as we look and as we think about what we're going to face in the next few, few days, weeks, years, help us to live as someone who trusts and depends on you. Lord, I pray that you might help us to influence the next generation. Those around us, those near us, that you are the only way to get through it. And that that crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to us, is worth it. Help us to live as one who would say, I'd rather have Jesus than anything. Lord, I thank you for the truth of your word. In Jesus' name, amen.